The Money Show. Shapeshifters. It's time to speak to our shapeshifter now. These are the young and old uh, uh, people that are business people blazing a trail in their industry. Tonight, we're speaking to Kitumeti Bula, who's a social entrepreneur with ventures in the technology and non-profit sectors. She is the CEO of A Legal Standpoint. Kitumeti Bula is a social entrepreneur with ventures in the technology and non-profit sectors. She's a co-founder and chief executive officer of Legal Standpoint. That's an app based legal tech startup working to democratize uh, legal education and services in recognition of which she was named the inaugural change maker of the year at the NetBank Youth X Awards. Kitumetsu, welcome to The Money Show. Hi, Monteo. Lovely to meet you and thank you so much for having me. Great to meet you. Let's start first uh, in your makings. Uh, where did you cut your teeth? Where did you grow up? So I grew up in Pimble, Soweto. Um, and that's, you know, what actually inspired Legal Standpoint um, because I grew up with um, a lot of the post-socioeconomic conditions and seeing people just not able to access legal services. Um, and so Legal Standpoint was just created to bridge that gap um, for people who come from places where I come from. The business bug bought, uh, bit you early, though, uh, as you grew up in, uh, throughout your high school uh, career. How did that come about? And why did you think you had to start that early? So in 2012, um, I was in my grade six year and I came across something called the Allen Gray Foundation Scholarship. And that was an opportunity not only to, you know, get my tuition covered for high school. So it was a full scholarship, um, but they have a huge emphasis on entrepreneurship development. So they identify young South Africans who have the potential to be high impact entrepreneurial leaders in South Africa. And so as I was going through my high school career, I was not just focused on, you know, passing my grades and um, getting good marks and passing matric. Um, I was also really interested in just entrepreneurship and solving problems and just, you know, um, finding ways to create a positive, meaningful difference in society. Um, so Alan Greer Foundation, I say, would be, you know, the one thing that I'd pinpoint as, you know, where my entrepreneurial journey really started. And let's talk about this problem that you've solved with your with your app. Uh, why this particular problem? Uh, looking at legal, a lot of people when they start out with a social entrepreneurship, they'll deal with things like water and you know lack of power, lack of energy, lack of opportunities, and they'll create an app around that. But why did you focus specifically on the legal front? So South Africa has the highest Gini coefficient in the world, and the legal sector is a microcosm of the prevailing inequality that we have in South Africa. And so like I explained earlier, I grew up in Pimville, Soweto, um, and it's characterized like a lot of other townships by poor socioeconomic conditions. And so I grew up hearing stories both of people that I knew and people that I, I didn't know who would have their rights violated but wouldn't pursue justice, not because they didn't want to, but because they didn't have the know-how um, or the money to access legal services, right? And so um, I decided I was going to be a lawyer from a very young age. You know, I was going to be the public protector and just work on eradicating this problem of um, the inaccessibility of the law. And I enrolled for a BA law degree um, at the University of Wits, which is where I met my co-founder um, in my third year. She was a law student at UTT. Um, and when we got together, we realized very quickly that we share the same synergy around wanting to tackle this problem of just the inaccessibility of the law. Um, and it can be attributed to a number of different factors. But, you know, the ones that um, we're focused on primarily are inaccessibility that's due to jargon-loaded legal text. 
that make understanding the law incredibly difficult on the one hand, um, as well as legal services that tend to be priced quite exorbitantly and are then out of reach for a substantial number of South Africans. And so, you know, we came together and thought, why not come up with um, the idea of the Legal Standpoint app and help people to connect with lawyers on the go and to learn the law um, because another thing with the law that we wanted to focus on is um, the universality of it, the fact that, you know, it underpins and regulates every single facet of our lives. Um, and if that's the case, then it doesn't make sense that people don't know what laws they're interacting every, um, with every day um, and they don't know how to access these legal services. So just the universality of it and the fact that we interact with laws every single day is, you know, what we thought would be a good starting point um, or like a, a solid enough problem to solve. Now, this is a huge undertaking in terms of going to communities and trying to, um, you know, bring the law and make it accessible to them. What have you learned, um, you know, going through this process uh, and how has this changed uh, the lives in these communities? So I think the one thing is that people genuinely do have um, a lot of problems that have legal implications. Um, and like the barrier that they're faced with in terms of being able to get the help that they need is because they don't know or they, they don't have the money to pay for legal services. So on the app at the moment, we have a feature where people are able to ask um, a legal question. And within our first week of, of launching, within the first 48 hours, in fact, we'd already had more than 70 questions asked on the platform. And I think that just speaks to, you know, the vastness of, of this problem of people um, really needing to access legal services. Um, and I think just the interest as well in terms of learning the law. So on the app, we have um, articles that are available in multiple South African languages. And people are giving us really good feedback so far in terms of, you know, how the platform is really making it easier for them to interact with laws and how essentially we've taken away the overwhelm that's um, typically associated with law um, and dealing with lawyers. So, you know, I think the South Africans are looking to just interact with, with platforms that make learning as easy as possible. Um, and there is an interest in it. Um, it's just, I think, a matter of um, not, not having access. You had the legal part down because both of you, of course, went through your qualifications at VITS. But how interesting was it to learn the technology side of the business? Um, so the interesting fact is that neither PIMS and I, so my co-founder is Pamela Madie, and I call her PIMS, and neither of us have a, a technical background. So I think coming into this experience as non-technical co-founders has been very um, interesting and we've been learning a lot. Um, I think both of us have acknowledged just the power that technology can play in um, solving these really huge societal problems. Um, so we, you know, we're not these geeks or um, coding um, experts. But we've been working with someone who is um, really good at what he does, Bongani Koza. Um, and that's just been really interesting to see the process of how we go from app design um, to then, you know, bringing the app to life through um, app development. So it's, it's been very fun and interesting um, to see the journey unfold. All right, we're currently in conversation with our shapeshifter this week, Kitu Mezipule, who's a social entrepreneur and one of the co-founders of the app-based legal tech startup, uh, working to democratize legal education and making it law accessible to disadvantaged communities. We'll be back with this conversation. The Money Show. Shapeshifters. 
Welcome back to The Money Show. We're chatting to our shapeshifter this week, Kitumetsi Pule, who started the legal app, a legal standpoint, uh, giving access, uh, giving law and making law uh, rather more accessible to disadvantaged communities. Now, you've been in business for about 10 years now, young as you are, but you have also given your life to gender equality and youth activism. How important has that been to you? And also just the sacrifice of giving away your time as a young person to make sure that the other causes that are advanced. We're still trying to get our shapeshifter Kitumetsu Pula on the line. We seem to have lost her. Of course, we've been having uh, such troubles on the line in terms of, uh, you know, the electricity cuts that we've been having. But it seems we do have her on the line. Kitumetsu, can you hear me? Ah, uh, yes, Mateo, I can hear you. Yeah, I was picking up the conversation in terms of your journey in business. You've been in business now for 10 years, um, young as you are, but you've also given your time to uh, gender equality and youth activism. You know, how uh, have you found the time, and first of all, and just the sacrifice of looking at other uh, causes uh, outside of the business that you run? Okay, awesome. So I haven't been in business for 10 years, but I've been part of the entrepreneurship ecosystem um, for 10 years. Um, officially in business, I've only been, you know, for about um, two years. But I think, you know, you make time for things that you are passionate about. So I'm, I'm super bothered by um, the gender equality gap. So before COVID-19 happened, that was, you know, it was going to take us 100 years to close that gap. And then COVID-19 happened, and that's now been um, exacerbated, and it's gone up to about 136 years. Um, so that's, you know, another huge thing outside of, you know, making the law accessible that I'm super passionate about. So I've had opportunities to engage with entities like um, UN Women. Um, I've had the opportunity also to um, advocate for women to just be in powers of, um, in spheres of power and decision making rather. Um, and, you know, I think as a young woman, that's something that's super important to me that we're living in a world where, um, you know, gender equality um, is a thing. And, in terms of, you know, advancing or advocating for young people as well, that's something else that I'm also incredibly passionate about. And so with that, I've had opportunities to engage with the G20 and the G7 um, just to get people, um, young people's voices to be to be echoed in, in those spheres of power as well. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, in as much as I am a young person, I think when you are passionate about something and you um, do you have the requisite skills and talents um, and you're passionate enough about solving certain issues, uh, you'll definitely make time for that. You also started the Entrepreneurship Club, the Founders Circle for Women Entrepreneurs. Just tell us about that journey and why you uh, targeted uh, specifically women in, uh, in, as part of this program. So that's uh, another venture that I started in 2021 officially. And, you know, that carries on from my passion of um, gender equality and spe- uh, specifically with Founder Circle. Um, it's about getting um, young women entrepreneurs um, in the mainstream economy. Um, there are a lot of factors um, that, you know, kind of hinder young women from taking up entrepreneurship as a viable career prospect. There is, you know, a huge funding deficit um, for young women entrepreneurs and women entrepreneurs generally. Um, and that funding deficit is, is, is worse in Africa than it is globally. And so with um, the network, it's, it's one way of getting first, firstly getting um, young women to see entrepreneurship as a viable career prospect, but also once they're in the network to connect them with, um, you know, like-minded women who also want to um, solve problems through business. 
Um, another thing that I, you know, I was incentivized by is the fact that entrepreneurship can be a very um, lonely journey um, if you don't have a support and um, the support of a community or the support of, you know, like-minded people who understand what you're going through, then it can be um, a very lonely space to be in. So the network just functions to connect young women entrepreneurs. And, you know, if we're able to secure opportunities for them, like media interviews, so that they're able to showcase their work, um, you know, to a wider audience, that's what we do. So anything really just to get um, young women to have a, a, an equal shot in um, making it successfully in entrepreneurship and in the mainstream economy. And since starting, have you been able to attract uh, those partners to help uh, in in this initiative in order, you know, to fund some of these projects and fund some of these women entrepreneurs who come to the club with ideas, but obviously, like you said, uh, lack the platform, lack the funding. Have you been able to attract those corporate partners? So we are in the process of um, attracting, you know, core partners that share the mission and uh, share the vision that we're working towards. At the moment, the opportunities that we've been able to secure for the women in the network are mostly um, media interviews and just getting their work um, seen by, you know, the relevant entities, the relevant audience. Um, we are, though, um, openly and actively looking for people who are able to come on board from a funding perspective, you know, speaking to the funding deficit that I've just mentioned. Um, so partners who are able to come um, and help us out with funding, um, help us out with visibility, help us out with um, getting, you know, our products and services um, in, in the right market. So access to market and access to just funding and other resources and opportunities. We're actively looking for that. And in terms of social entrepreneurship, people always worry that, uh, you know, is that part of, of entrepreneurship that doesn't uh, just pay, you know? Uh, so how have you been able to uh, make a career for yourself, uh, make a, uh, some money for yourself as well in order to take care of your needs? So that's, you know, I mentioned earlier that I'm part of the Alan Gray Orbis Foundation um, Fellowship. I'm, I'm a fellow now, so I'm actually part of the association. Um, but, you know, the thing with, I think, being a young person and venturing into entrepreneurship and social entrepreneurship specifically is um, finding programs that don't just, you know, walk the, the that, that don't just talk the talk, but walk the walk in terms of being able to back you up um, and make sure that while you're navigating entrepreneurship, you have, you know, the relevant support financially and otherwise. Um, so being part of programs like um, Alan Gray has been really beneficial for me um, to firstly just try and figure out social entrepreneurship and um, get the ideas off the ground and, you know, turn um, legal standpoint into a viable business um, while still, you know, getting some some financial support to make that a reality. Um, but I also just want to mention um, the Unlock.me platform and the YouthX Awards because I think when you do get um, funding from um, pitch competitions like that, it does make a difference in terms of, you know, being able to build a business but also being able to um, sustain yourself financially while you're navigating the space. Well, you know, Kitumeti, a lot of corporates and CEOs listen uh, to this particular show. Uh, so where can they get hold of you in terms of your initiative, uh, in terms of legal standpoint, and also the founders uh, circle that you have for women entrepreneurs? Awesome. So in terms of legal standpoint, you can firstly just download the app. Um, so it's available on all three major app stores. You can find us on the Apple App Store um, Google Play Store and the Huawei App Gallery. Um, you can find us on LinkedIn. We're quite active um, on that platform, and it's just legal standpoint. Um, our email address is 
hello at legalstandgreen.co.za um, so that's where you can reach us on and in terms of Founder Circle we're active on Instagram so you can find us on there we're also active on um, LinkedIn and it's just Founder Circle so it's F-O-U-N-D-H-E-R-S Founder Circle um, and people can connect with us through those platforms Hopefully those listening there can follow up on that and support uh, this great initiative that was the co-founder and chief executive officer of Legal Standpoint, an app-based legal tech startup working to democratize legal education. She was our shapeshifter today, Kitumezi Pule.